Hey everybody, this is Eric Mueller, the host of The Eric Mueller Show. You're tuned in to the podcast that explores what makes any successful person's inner clock tick by unlocking the most impactful tools within their success portfolio. Today, I'm joined by Jason Brown, the founder of Power Trades University, where he helps thousands of nervous beginners transform into confident stock and options traders. Let's head on over to the interview. Jason, welcome to the show. Eric, good to be here, man. Man, it's great to have you on here. And before we dive deep into your entrepreneurial story and your expertise on stock and options trading, we want to know what makes up your success portfolio. So if you're listening to the show now and you're new, let me just give you a quick background on this. I look at it like an investment portfolio, which is the compilation of investments, lays the foundation for your financial goals in life. Here on The Eric Mueller Show, I want to discover how successful people like Jason invest in themselves and build the foundation for that success. So Jason, start us off. What are some skills, traits, habits, or mindsets that make up your success portfolio? Yeah, that you know, I really like that question. What is your success portfolio? Because when you think about success, most people just think about the lifestyle or a car or money or something like that, but it's not what actually got you to where you're at. It is the result of, you know, what you've been doing, the work you've been putting in. And so I look at my success portfolio a couple of different ways. Number one, I think you got to have some key books to keep your mindset correct and keep your mind straight and, and thinking and looking at the world um, optimistically and with opportunity. And for example, one of those books for me was Think and Grow Rich, which was just super powerful to just change how I think about things. Um, the Alchemist was one of the uh, books that was in my success portfolio, as well as like the Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Cashflow Quadrant series. So books, be it audio or physical, are definitely part of my success portfolio. The other thing I would say that is part of my success portfolio is fitness. Uh, I notice when I work out, I like when I take care of the only body that we have, like I feel good. I feel more confident. I feel more energetic. I feel more deserving of, you know, wealth, love and all the things. And so that's part of my success portfolio as well. My family, I believe everyone needs something to either a keep them grounded or b motivate them a little bit outside of their own selfish desires or at least be part of the sounding board team if you need someone right. to bounce uh ideas off of so my wife my kids uh, are definitely part of that success portfolio you know when i look at them they're my motivation i'm also you know, grateful we're still alive. We survived the pandemic, you know, different things like that. So those are three things that are part of the success portfolio. And then I would also say just having some type of, you know, when it comes to the financial side of the success, I think having some way to make money without you physically working for it. And for me, 
Um, that's multiple channels, having a YouTube channel that I make revenue from, having uh, a business where I teach about the stock market, and then also having my money work for me in the stock market. I think it's just super key for me to have inside of my success portfolio. Yeah. And, and that really, I feel like ties in with those books that you mentioned with uh, Think and Grow Rich and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, they they teach those principles in those books. So the, I've I've read both those as well. And I think that you know, those would probably compile my portfolio too, that, you know, it teaches you and frames your mind to think in a certain way. And to that point as well, you realize that you can actually manifest what you want in life. And you, if you want to, like you've done, become, you know, take your finance degree from Wayne State University and go into, you know, stocks and options trading full time and not have to rely on a nine to five income to support your family. So I think it, it frames that from the, from the ground up. And I really appreciate that that it resonates with you in that way too, Jason. And furthermore, on top of that, what is the definition of the term success for you? If, if someone asks you, what, what, you know, are you successful? Would you, would you say yes? And how do you quantify whether or not that's true? Yeah, I, I have days where, so overall, yes. If someone said, are you successful? Overall, I would say yes. But I do want to say, uh, I have days where I don't feel successful. And sometimes those days are just based on maybe a decision I did or didn't make. Sometimes those days are based on, did I really give my all to my craft? Um, so there are certain days like that where I don't feel successful. When I zoom out and don't look at it so microscopically, like day by day, um, I would say, yes, I'm successful. And success to me is having time, money, and like your health and your mental, not not just your physical physical health, your mental health, all together. Like it, it, you know, if you have time but you don't have money, uh, you're you, you know you're a little lopsided. If you have money but you don't have time, you're a little lopsided, right? I know a bunch of people work a high end job but they never get to see their family, and so that's not a success for me. But then I know people who have the time, they have the money, but they're not taking care of their physical health or their mental health. And so that's not successful to me either. And then maybe they have the time, the money, the physical health, but they're not proud of themselves or proud of what they're doing or they're selling them so their souls to be in the position that they're in. So those are kind of the four categories. I guess you would call that fourth one. It's more like spiritual, making sure you're in tune with, you know, whatever core values and principles that you believe in. And and at this moment in my life, I feel very uh, imbalanced with all four of those. And so for that reason, I feel successful. Yeah, that that's a great way to look at it. And I think the the term balance too, for me, at least that, that sounds like a, a perfect way to to think about those components because you can't really overdo it in one area without having another area suffer. And it does resonate with me and, and some of you listening might feel this way too, that, you know, if you have, if you have money and you have, you know, some time, like wh which one's more important? Like as you chase, you know, potentially entrepreneurship, you could be chasing both, but at least my view on it is I'm chasing to have more time available. So if you can make you know, if you can cover your expenses with some other income that you're not physically trading your hours for, you know, that's a way to possibly do that. And Jason, walk us through your story and how you got to where you are now. So like I mentioned, you, you got a finance degree, but now you're doing, you know, Power Trades University, you have the brownreport.com, YouTube channel, podcast. 
How did you get to that point? Was that always the plan or, or did you notice there was a step along the way that, that you had like a paradigm shift? So there's a story behind this. You know, I, we, we grew up pretty poor and I always try to give respect to my mom and say, we, we, we were rich with love and we were rich with, you know, you know, care. We felt safe, but from a financial standpoint, we grew up poor. And when I say we grew up poor, you know, to give you an example, I remember going to my best friend's house and I spent the night over there and I was like, wow, you have a bed. And he kind of looked at me like, like, of course I have a bed. And we slept in sleeping bags. And so I, I always thought like beds were just for grownups. And so for me to, for him to have a bed, I was like, whoa, that's nice. But I didn't realize like till later on that, you know, there was just a financial gap or financial difference. Uh, I remember when I first started dating a young lady and she lived in like the suburbs and I went out to her house and they didn't have bars on the window. And so I was like, oh, I thought everybody had bars on the window. Like the only houses you didn't see with bars on the window were like, in Beverly Hills, California, on Beverly Hills 90210 or something, you know, like that, right. that was the only houses we thought didn't have bars on the window. And so we grew up pretty poor. And as I started to realize that there was an economic gap, I thought, well, maybe it's because people have two parents because my dad passed when I was two years old in a car accident. So I'm like, oh, they have two parents. They have two incomes. But my mom worked two jobs and we still, you know, would just barely make an enemy. So I'm like, well, it's not two jobs or two incomes. And so you, I started this journey of searching and, uh, you know, everywhere I would search, you would hear about the stock market, invest, people get rich from investing. So I'm like, all right, that's it. I got to invest. And I'm working a, you know, I'm making $8 an hour. I'm selling cell phones for Sprint PCS inside of Best Buy and, uh, I graduate from high school. I take $2,000 and I take it to a well-known bank. Say, hey, I want to invest. And she says, like, why do you want to invest? I'm like, to be rich. Like, why else do people do this? <laughs> yeah, right. like, like, is there any other reason? And so, uh, so she's like, so you want aggressive funds, right? I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. I want aggressive funds. <laughs> so I come back about two years later and they lost uh $1,300 of my $2,000. At the time, that was a lot of money to me as a kid, as an 18-year-old kid. And so it was one of the most devastating and also one of the best moments of my life because it was devastating because that was all the money I had. And I was expecting to come back a few years later and be up like $5,000, $6,000. Uh, so that was devastating. But what it taught me was that the professionals lose money. And that was... I needed to know that because up until that point, I thought they had the magic pill, some secret formula. And once I realized that they lose money, I told her, give me the rest of my money back. I could have lost my own money. I'm going to do this on my own. And so I took 700 bucks and this leads me to where I'm working for Sprint PCS inside of Best Buy selling cell phones. I'm making $8 an hour on Saturdays. I'm getting make about 64 bucks, take taxes out $50. So I'm like missing all my weekends. I'm missing all the barbecues with my friends and family. I remember this one young lady, she pulls up, she comes in in the Mercedes Benz, just enjoying her Saturday afternoon. She gets a cell phone, she leaves. I'm like, how do I live that lifestyle where I don't have to work weekends? I can drive my dream car. So I go buy uh, a book, I start studying. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to invest myself. So I do what most of us do. I buy stock in a company that we work for, Sprint PCS. So stock was $5 a share. I buy a hundred shares. I'm like, if I could just make 50 cents, if it goes from five to five fifty, I can make $50 and I won't have to work weekends. If I could do that consistently. 
I didn't need it to go to the moon. I didn't need it to move a hundred dollars, just 50 cents. I thought that was reasonable. And what happened, uh, probably like most people immediately after I bought the stock, it started to tank. And so now I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this doesn't work. <laughs> like now my little $500 is about to disappear. And the stock fell from five to four. So I'm like, oh, what am I thinking? This doesn't work. I can't invest on my own. And then the stock went from four. But then people say like, you got to wait long term, you know, you know, don't be a day trader. This is not So I'm like, all right, I wait. Stock comes back up to five. I'm like, okay, I needed to go to 550. I'll make my first 50 bucks. Stock fell again. And I just felt at that moment, the market was rigged. I felt like there was a man behind the curtains with a microphone, like send it back down. Don't let them make any money. <laughs> right. Like I just, <laughs> I thought it was just rigged. And so the stock fell back down to four. I'm like, somebody's playing with me. Stock goes back up to five. I just had this epiphany. I said, I've seen this before. I'm going to get out at five. Stock fell down to four. Then I said, I'm going to get in and I'm going to ride it back up to five. I did that and made my first $100. I spent the next several months and countless of hours studying patterns, watching stock charts. And I didn't realize that that was called a channeling stock. It was channeling in between two price points, between five and four, five and four. I didn't realize that had, if I would have been able to read a stock chart and look at that, I could have determined the better time to buy was to wait till it hit four and then get out at five. And so once I learned that, I started working at $500. And then I said, man, how do I get, if I had $1,000, I would have made 200 bucks. And I was like, whoa, if I had $10,000, I'm like, I would have been rich, right? Rich at that time was like making enough to not work Saturdays. And so I was asking myself, where do I get $10,000 for? And this is where those books came into handy because in Rich Dad Poor Dad, they always talk about how like money is not what you see with your eyes. And it talks about the story of those kids. I won't give away the story in case people didn't read it, but it talks about how they were able to figure out how to make money with no money. And so I had a crazy thought. I had a scholarship to Wayne State University. I said, I know we would qualify for student loans. I get all the, the, the letters in the mail. I'm going to apply. Uh, I'm going to apply to get a student loan. And I knew that they would double pay the account and I would get the refund. And so they double paid the account. I got the refund of $10,000. I took that $10,000 and then I put it in the stock market. And I grew it to like $120,000 as a 21-year-old, 21, 22-year-old college student. So that's literally um, how I got involved in the game. And from there, what happened was I drop out of school. I'm full-time day trading for three years. I'm making like 100000 a year. Year three, I'm like 25, 26 at this time. Year three, I'm like, I'm going to make, I'm going to risk a quarter million dollars to make half a million dollars. So I'm going to buy this condo downtown Royal Oak. I'm going to pay cash for it. I'm going to have the ultimate bachelor pad. Um, yeah, lost all my money. Oh. <laughs> so you could just imagine having a quarter million dollars cash at like 25, 26, and then losing it all. So once again, I thought life was over because that was the most money I've ever had outside of the $2,000. <laughs> and so something magical happened, which was, I was like, I got to get a job. 
I had lost my apartment. I had to move back home with my mom. It was a really humbling experience. But this is where this is why I started off by saying the books were one of the most important pieces to my success. Because I had been reading Thinking Grow Rich, and they talk about like coming back from a setback. They talk about burning the boats. They talk about um how Henry Ford faced defeat, you know, and you know, his 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 team said. He said, I want a V8 engine, an eight-cylinder engine. And his engineer said, it's impossible. And he said, build it anyway. I mean, the the nerve of a man like that to say, like, they told him it's impossible. And he said, okay, build it anyway. And so I had this mindset that I was like, I'm going to record myself making this money back. And I'm going to show the journey because I'm like, I can't be the only one who's ever lost their money in the stock market and felt like the world was over, like this isn't for me. And I'm like, has Warren Buffett ever lost money? I'm sure. But if he quits investing, he never becomes Warren Buffett. He never becomes a billionaire. And so I looked at my situation and says, I'm going to be a millionaire someday. But if I quit, I'll never get there. So I said, I'm going to record myself making the money back. I'm going to share the lessons I I learned along the way. And when I lost the money, that's actually how I started my YouTube channel, just recording myself making the money back. And I started coming up with all these sayings, like you never go broke taking a profit, Um, you know, three to one risk reward ratio, need to know how to make money whether the market goes up or down, know how to have insurance and insure your portfolio. These are all things that came from real life experience of trading, making and losing money. And so as I started to YouTube and blog about this stuff, people started asking, like, do you teach? And just like I was asking myself, how do I get $10,000 in my account? I'm like, how do I get a million dollars in the account this time? How do I get back into the game? And I realized if I could teach this, that may be my way to rebuild a even bigger portfolio and help people. And so that's really how I transitioned into teaching. Yeah. And you were, you were show, you were sharing a, an authentic story too, and, and showing people that they're not alone because just like you, there were people out there that were drawn to your content because they're like, okay, this happened to me. Maybe there's someone out there that knows how to mitigate this, or maybe it's happened to them too. And so that really resonated with that, that audience, that target niche market. And, and, you know, your YouTube channel now, you have over 80,000 subscribers, over a million views. Clearly, you know, it's been very successful and helpful for people. And Jason, I want to ask you about specifically regarding stock and options trading. Which one is, which one is more of the bread and butter of what you do now? Or what would you recommend if someone is looking to get involved and is ready to go full in, you know, the burn the boats mentality with it? Would you suggest they start with one over the other? So they're both complementary. The option is based on trading options is nothing more than a substitute for buying the stock. So you still have to understand uh, how to read stock charts and understand the best time to buy and sell, because then you're just going to substitute buying the stock for buying an option. And that option is going to give you leverage, is going to allow you to maybe grow a smaller account or get a potential bigger return. But if you don't know what you're doing, you don't understand the, the, the stock charts and, you know, is it at support or resistance, which is, is it at a good time to buy or sell, then you're just going to basically supercharge the wrong decision with options. So you you have to absolutely understand uh, stocks and stock charts and when to buy and sell. The thing is, though, if you only understand how to buy and sell stocks, 
you're leaving about 66% of the chance of your success on the table. Because if you only know how to buy and sell, then you have one strategy. That's buy low, sell high. We all know that the market doesn't always go higher. It can go sideways, meaning, you know, I like to bring up Ford stock. You look at Ford stock 20 years ago, it was $12. You look at it today, it's $12. Maybe yeah. it's 13 right? So it's done nothing in 20 years. Then you obviously know that stocks can fall. So if you don't know how to make money those other two ways, you're left with a 33% chance of being successful. And that means you have to be just the best stock picker of all time and know exactly when to buy, when things are going higher. And so you have to understand stocks, but you absolutely need to learn uh, how to use options, whether you use options to trade, whether you use options to hedge, whether you use options to protect, whether you use options to be neutral on the direction. You have to, in my opinion, you have to learn how to use options or else, again, you got a 67% chance of failing, a 33% chance of being successful. Yeah. And let's take that a little bit further, even Jason. So, I mean, I, I've done, you know, some research into options. I've, I've learned from a good buddy of mine is, is really big into it. He kind of went through some fundamental analysis with myself and a group of our friends on it. So that was really helpful for me to kind of learn what I would call the bare bones uh, starting point with options. But what would you say is, you know, like a strategy, like let's walk through a, a you know, a case scenario where we have someone, let's take, we've, we've got uh, Jason who has a thousand dollars and wants to get into options and start trying to build a portfolio, you know, trying to take that 1000 to 10,000 and beyond, where would they start first? How would they know how to evaluate the potential trades and identify those opportunities in the market? Yeah. So first you would look at a stock, whether you look at Apple, Google, doesn't matter. Uh, just, you know, it could be stocks that you do business with, or you got software that scans for stocks. But the key is to just have about five to 10 stocks that you can look at on a chart and know very well. Second, once you got those five to 10 stocks, you're asking yourself, is it a good time to buy or is it a good time to sell based on looking at the chart patterns, uh, support and resistance. There's certain levels where people sell, there's certain levels where people buy. And once you're looking at those levels, you're basically saying, maybe I don't have, let's say before Amazon split, it used to be $2,000 a share. Before it split, you're like, man, how do I invest in some of the best companies? They have a good chart pattern, they're predictable, they're repeatable, but I don't have that $2,000 to buy Amazon. And even with $1,000, you, you can only get half a share. So it's like mm -hmm. the stock could move a hundred bucks and you'd get 50. That's not going to really change your life. But once you've identified that stock and that chart, you can then say, okay, I can't afford to buy the stock, but I can afford to control the stock by buying the option. So you can buy what's called a call option and you can control a high price stock for a certain period of time. The way I like to explain it, let me let me give you uh, an example that everybody might be familiar with. Let's think about real estate because people use options every single day in life. They just don't realize it. And so if you think about real estate, when you go to buy a house, let's say a house is $200,000. You go buy a house, you look at it, you put an offer in, they accept for $200,000. But they say, hey, give me a $2,000 earnest money deposit. Or let's stick with your example. You said if the person has $1,000, yeah. let's just say you put down $1,000 good faith earnest money deposit on this $200,000 house. And then you got 30 days to get an inspection, get an appraisal, 
everything. So you get an inspection, you get an appraisal, and they come back and they say, wow, the house is valued at $210,000 now. You have two choices because the house is under contract for 30 days. So you got 30 days to decide if you want to buy the house or not. And you just found out it's now valued at $210,000. You could do a couple things. But with respect to options, you can now turn around into someone else who came to the open house and say, oh, I missed out on the house. You're buying it. You could turn around and say, well, if you really want to live there, I have the contract to that house. Give me 10000 The house is valued at 210000 Give me 10000 for the contract, and then you can buy the house for 200000 So that person is paying 210000 10000 to you for the contract, 200000 for the house. They're happy they get the house, which is kind of like the stock. You're happy because you controlled a $200,000 asset for only $1,000. And because the price had went up within 30 days, be it due to the appraisal, due to the economy changing, same way that stocks go up in price, you now were able to get $10,000 for that piece of paper or that contract and you controlled a $200,000 asset. So you grew $1,000 into $10,000 in 30 days but you never had to come up with $200,000. And so that is how you can control a higher price asset that you believe is going to go higher in the next 30 days, 60 days, whatever the time frame is, and potentially get a 10x return on your money versus having to come up with $200,000 to actually buy the house or buy that stock. And so that is how um, you know call options work and how somebody with a small account can scale their money. Now, I, 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 I have to bring this up because when people hear about options, uh, sometimes there's this like, but what's the downside? The downside is you could lose that $1,000 uh, just like anything else, right? You, the stock could go lower and uh, the amount that you were going to buy it for, you could get an appraisal and find out the house is worth 190000 and you walk away from it and they keep your $1,000 deposit. So that is the opposite side of it. But the skill is to take a look at a stock chart and based on support and resistance, based on where you see people buying and selling, to have a high probability idea that the stock is going to go higher. No different than you research property, neighborhoods, and see what recent homes sold for in that neighborhood and different things like that. And you believe over the next few years is going to be a good investment or the next few months, if you fix it up and flip it, it's no different than looking at stocks and saying, I believe people are moving into AI. They're going to need more uh, server space to host for chat GPT and all these things. I'm going to look at Microsoft uh, or, or uh, Amazon Web Server because those are going to be the beneficiaries of all this computing power, AMD and NVIDIA because of the computer chips. You can move into those stocks by controlling them with options because you've done your research and you have a reason to believe that they're going to go higher in the near term. So it's not, I want to be clear, there's strategy to it and not gambling because a lot of people associate options with gambling. And I like to say options aren't gambling. You're a gambler. Most people just look at the stock market like a Las Vegas crap table or a casino, but it's really about looking at the chart, doing that research like I just talked about like you would research a neighborhood or a home, you research the stock, you research the neighborhood. The neighborhood is the tech, is the industry that you're researching. Is it technology? Is it, um, you know, is it consumer staples? And then why do you believe that it's going to uh, rise 
And then also, same way you look at homes that have sold in the area, you can look at similar stocks. What are they doing? What's going on in that industry? And you can look at the graph and say, it looks like people like these houses around this price based on the last market crash. And then you can have a better idea of if this is a time that you can control it with an option and make a pretty sizable return. So in summary, Jason, you're saying that primarily the the strategy for evaluating the securities doesn't really change between actually purchasing a stock versus uh, either buying a call, buying a put, selling a call, selling a put with options. It's still the same strategic analysis of those securities to see if they're good investment or not. Is that right? Absolutely. Because the opposite works as well. Let's say you do the research and you're like, this is a horrible investment. It's like, it's only a horrible investment if you only know how to buy low, sell high. If you find a horrible company that's doing bad, then we can go put options. And put options is saying, I think the price is going to fall. And so you can make money from stocks falling. So no matter what, you have to do the research. At the end, it's either going to be a great company to buy and is it a good time to buy it? That's the other thing. You could It could be a good company, but a bad time to buy it. And then the opposite side is, is it a bad company? Then great. Is it a good time to buy put options and make money from the price of the stock falling? Right, right. And and furthermore on that, what would you say is like the biggest mistake that new traders make when getting started with the options trading? And we might talk about like the maximum loss, hypothetically the worst case scenario with a particular trade. You know, how how can you, like you said earlier, you could lose that $1,000, but could we touch on maybe, you know, like a, a naked option where you might have an undefined loss where you might be able to lose too much money or you might get into a situation where you're risking money that you actually don't have? So technically, for the most part with options, unless you have a like a huge account, they won't allow you to do uh, any naked shorting or naked call options. Um, okay. The other side of that is I make sure we teach our students uh, the, the 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 correct option strategies to you so that you're always covered. But if you're doing it correctly, if you're buying a call for $1,000 or a put for $1,000, you actually can't lose any more than the $1,000. Uh, so that's one of the misconceptions is that you can wake up and you owe a million dollars. I think about that one kid one time, uh, it was a story on Robin Hood where oh, yeah. he did an option trade and he woke up and he was down like $350,000. And he committed suicide. And it was such a sad story because he didn't actually understand how options work. He, because right. he had the option, he wasn't really down $350,000 because the option would have exercised and bought the stock and put it to someone at that price and it would have canceled out. And so sometimes that's just a misconception of how options work. And then typically you're not approved to do any of those higher naked strategies if you don't have half a million to a million dollar account. They, they've kind of cracked down on even, they don't even like to approve you for doing stuff like that. But it, 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 you know, could you somehow finesse the system and get approved for an account that you shouldn't be and do something? You know, to me, that goes back to, you said, what's the biggest mistake that people make? I think is not really understanding how options work. They just mm -hmm. come in like it's a casino. And they just like, I'm going to grab a call option. And they don't understand how it works. Um, they also don't understand they need to close it out before expiration or else they do need to come up with the money to buy the stock. But what happens is if they don't close it out, your broker will say, you owe us a million dollars. Well, technically you don't. They'll loan you the million dollars for a split second 
buy the stock, then turn around and sell the stock on the open market. So technically, do you owe them a million dollars? Yes, for a split second. But once you understand how it works, if you have a margin account, they loan it to you, you buy the stock, you turn around, they turn around and sell it on the open market, and then they take the difference. So it's really the mistake is people don't understand how options work. And then another mistake that people make when they think they understand how options work is they buy the cheapest option they can get. I'll give you an example. Apple was trading at like $100. I remember talking to this girl and she said, I bought a hundred, the 120 strike price call option. That means they think Apple is going to 120. I said, fair enough. In what time frame? She said, five days. Ooh. I said, there's no way <laughs> Apple is going to move $20 in five days. Why did you buy that option? She said, I was part of another group. And because the options were 10 cents, those were the ones everyone said go with because it's only 10 cents. I said, well, they're 10 cents because it's unlikely that Apple is going to move $20 in five days. I said, you just basically, she had about 500 bucks. I said, you just basically made a $500 donation mm -hmm. to the stock market. And so stuff like that hurts my heart because there are people just teaching buy the cheapest one you can get. Or there's people just come into the game and they just gamble um, because it's cheap. But that was a, uh, let, me, let me be careful with my words. That was a low probability, high risk gamble. It was low probability that it's going to move 20 bucks and a super high risk chance that you're going to lose all of your $500. And so that's why I'm passionate about teaching this stuff so that we can put an end to the gambling and into just throwing money away um, in the stock market with respect to options. Yeah, th those stories are, are super sad. Just like that Robinhood one, I remember seeing that when it occurred. And yeah, it's just, it's terrible to think that someone that doesn't understand it. And, you know, I'll be completely honest. Like I wouldn't have understood that probably at the time either. You know, I'm very new to learning about options in a relative sense. And it's, it's, it's great to know that there's people like you out there that want to demystify it and help, you know, kind of hold your hand so that you're not, you're not, uh, you're teaching them to fish. You're not giving them fish. You know, you're giving them the ability to, like you did in your life, create a autonomous approach to trading and be able to become a better trader, which I think that's really important. You don't just want people coming to Jason saying, hey, what should I buy this week? You know, because just like we've talked about earlier, I mean, stocks can go up, down, sideways. You don't know where they're going to go for sure. And no one should expect to rely on someone in that way either. But Jason, if we, if we go through the process for managing risk. And let's say we've, we've taken some of your courses or we're, we're enrolled with you as a client. What would you say you, you've had as far as your greatest success story with your students as far as being able to manage risk effectively, mitigate potential loss? And what strategies like do you typically see them use that are, that are the most effective? So from a success standpoint, I mean, it's so wide and varies. Uh, one, of the, one of the couples I like, really like to talk about is because I think most people can relate to them because, you know, I've had trades where I made $100,000 in a day. I've YouTube where I made $400,000 trading options and then we took the money and paid off our house. But I don't think that the average person, the average person hears that and they're like, oh, good for you. And so one of the stories uh, I like to tell is uh, Mac and Patricia Murray. They, um, they, they actually were members and they just took a break because they're doing some stuff with their church where they're going to be traveling. But what I really love about them is that they came into the, 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 the program with like, I mean, I don't know how much money they had. I just know we have a section where we have people post their trades and their success. And they would consistently, we have this, we have this 
five-year millionaire program. We say, if you can make 10% a month for five years, you could literally grow a small account into a million dollars. And so they came in with like 700 bucks and they would make like $140. And the normal person would be like, 140 bucks, that's not that much. They do a $500 trade, make a hundred bucks. And I said, man, people don't understand. They're doing the 10, they're doing more than 10%. Only thing that is different is how much money they are willing to put up. If they would have put up a hundred thousand, they would have made 10,000 or 20,000. And so they eventually made enough money to, I don't know if they bought the Tesla cash or they put enough down for a down payment. I, I don't know their financial situation, but they posted in the group that they were able to get their dream car, a Tesla, um, with some of the profits they made from trading. And it was just so cool to see them start with such a small account and take those small wins and not be ashamed of only have, I don't, again, I don't know if they only had five, 700 bucks or that's just all they wanted to try this out with. But I know that they eventually, um, grew into using bigger and better money and getting to a point where they could buy a Tesla. And so I was, that was just like such a proud moment for me more than the stories where I made a hundred grand or I have students who made, you know, $200,000. It's the stories like that, that are like, yes, guys, just get started with what you have, because that's what I saw when I started with 500 bucks. I said, oh, I made a hundred dollars. Had I had a thousand, I would have made 200. Had I had 10,000, I'm like, ooh, I would have made, you know, X amount of dollars. I would have been rich in my head. So the the skill is the same. And all over time, you'll have more money to do the same skill. And so that's that uh that's what I want people to take away. As far as I know you did say, like, what what are some of the strategies? Some of the things we teach our students is like three to one risk reward ratio, right? So maybe you think the market's going up. You want three calls, maybe have one put for protection because we never know what 100 percent certainty. And if the market goes the opposite way, you have that insurance to protect your portfolio. We also teach neutral strategies like iron condor. So that's a strategy where you actually get paid to do the trade. And you just hope the stock doesn't move too big up or too big down. So it can move up $5, maybe down $5. Um, but long as it doesn't move up six or down six by a certain amount of time, you walk away with the money that they paid you up front. So those are like two of the bare bones uh, strategies that are really helping our students. But there's over 30 you know, strategies. We, we I do what we call our rental income strategy. If you have enough money to buy 100 shares of a stock, we can sell covered calls against it and we can bring in monthly income as if we own a, a physical rental property. So I call that the rental income strategy. Um, and it's pretty safe. Uh, imagine you had 100 shares of Amazon. It's kind of like the only way you could lose your all your money is if Amazon went out of business. Well, what's the chance that we all just wake up and stop shopping with the number one e-commerce platform as well as one of the top Amazon web servers or, you know, provider of cloud-based services for major companies. So there's also some built-in security, but only if you know the right stocks to do these strategies on, because every strategy doesn't work for every stock. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I was going to mention, Jason, that, and I'll tag it in the show notes too, but thebrownreport.com there's three separate uh, free resources on there that you provide, and one of them is options. And so 
I'm excited to, I've got that one uh, downloaded. I'm excited to go through that and, and learn more myself, but I'm happy that you, that you focused on, you know, in, in this conversation that the strategy does remain the same, regardless of the amount of money that you have. Cause I think that would be like you shared earlier in your story. Once you had a quarter of a million dollars, you know, you maybe made a, a riskier move or maybe you deviated from what you'd been doing thinking, or maybe you stayed the same and you thought, oh, it'll work again. And it, when it doesn't, then you get stuck holding the bag. And so if you have $700 and you take it 140 in the positive, you know, that was that 20% increase for that couple you mentioned. They're already doubling the expectation to be a millionaire in five years at that 10%. So that's exactly. still extremely successful regardless of the amount of money. So yeah, that, that's really hitting home with me because I think a lot of people listening, they're working full time. They want to get involved in making passive income, investing, you know, trying to escape the rat race, so to speak. But you don't have to start with 10,000. You could start with 100. You could start with 200. So yeah, that's, that's really, I, I think, a very powerful message that, you, that you've shared with us. And it just shows that, that you don't have to be a millionaire to become a five times millionaire. Absolutely. And, and, and what's, what's so powerful about the stock market is how your money starts to compound, right? It's like, if they continue to make you know, people don't understand if you make, I did this YouTube video the other day. Cause, um, a lot of people like the day trade for whatever reason, and that's fine. And so a couple of our day traders though, they would make 400 bucks, but they was like, I didn't close it out. Cause it wasn't 500. And I was like, but is 400 closer to your dreams or, mm -hmm. you know, or not. And so what happened was I did the math for him. I said, if you make $400 a day, day trading, there's five days in the week. Last time I checked, there's four weeks in the month. That's $8,000 a month. Last time I checked, there's 12 months in the year. That is $96,000. You are on your way to quitting your job or whatever the case may be and having a six-figure salary just by being humble and taking $400 a day, day trade. Maybe you got a $10,000 account to make that 400. Maybe you got $5,000 in your account. Doesn't matter. What I was trying to express to that person is small gains add up over time. And that's what I'm trying to hit on from what we just talked about is people think I don't have thousands of dollars, so I'm just not going to get started. It's like, get started with the 500, the 700, the 1000, the tax returns, because if you can consistently make a hundred bucks a week or a month starting year two, you're going to have that thousand dollars, but you're going to start with, you're going to have extra 1200. Now you start year two with $2,200. And now you start making $200 a month. And at the end of that year, you add another $2,400 to that. Now you go into year three with five thousand, well, not four to $5,000. And that's where things start to get really interesting. And most people will discount making that hundred dollars, making that $50 because they they feel like, ah, what's that going to do? That's nothing. That's not going to change my life. And it's like, it won't change your life now, but it'll change your life. If you can do that for the next five to six years, you'd be surprised how much is going to change your life because it starts to compound. Yeah. Having that discipline too, to be able to stick with it and, you know, grind for a little while while you're, you know, not seeing those immense returns, but as you compound over time and it snowballs, like you just said, that's where it really starts to get exciting and you start to see the fruits of your labors and realize like, okay, this is actually happening now. I've, I've put in the time, I've put in the discipline. Now I can actually see this really grow without having to change, you know, this strategy that I've got ingrained in, in my trading. 
Exactly. And unfortunately, what most people do is, uh, and I see this with people who practice trading as well. They'll do this in practice account. They'll follow their trading plan to a T in a practice account or with a small account. The moment they either go from practice to real money or they already use real money, but add more money, they switch up the game plan that was working when they were practicing <laughs> or trading a small account. Like they all of a sudden feel like I got to do something different now that I uh, either switch from practice to real money or, OK, I was fine when I was doing it when I had 100 bucks and 500 dollars in account. But now I got 5000. I need a new strategy. It's like, no, no, you did the exact same thing that you were doing. Except now you're doing it with more money. Or if you were doing it practicing, you're now doing it with real money. And a lot of, you know, my podcast is called the Money Markets and Mindset Podcast. Reason I switched it, it used to be the Brown Report, Stock Market Report. But I, I realized, I'm like, people need mindset. They need to look at the game different. They need to understand the game different. They don't need more tips and stock picks. They need to work on their mentality and how they look at making money and how they look at making a small amount. And that's uh, you know what I'm passionate about as well is changing how people think about the stock market and how they think about small gains and how they think about being consistent over a long period of time. Yeah, the, the Money Markets and Mindsets podcast, I checked that out uh, this morning. So I'll, I'll tag that in the show notes too. I think what you're doing on there is, is really inspirational and helpful as well. Thank and Jason, yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time to come on here, you know, to really kind of unveil some of the, some of the maybe scarier aspects of stock or options trading to help people feel more comfortable that it is something that you can jump into. And through your power trades university and the brownreport.com, there's resources out there. So if someone wants to work with you, Jason, or just connect with you after this interview and, and learn more about your journey, what would be the best way to do that? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And to all the listeners, I appreciate them listening. I hope they found immense value out of what we shared. Um, the best way is to just go to the brownreport.com. From there, there's my YouTube channels, my Instagram. Uh, but more importantly, uh, there is the stock market starter pack for those who are looking to learn how to read stock charts. And then there's the stock option starter pack where I start to break down some core option strategies that you need to understand to be successful, no matter if the market's going up or down. And then from there, if they want to work further, um, you know, we can talk from there. But I would definitely encourage everyone to at least get those free resources at thebrownreport.com. That sounds fantastic. We appreciate that. And Everybody, Jason Brown, founder of Power Trades University. We'll look forward to following you in the future and, and thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you having me on.